You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to the first bonus episode of Visible Women. I'm Caroline Criado-Perez. Each week I'll be making extra bonus content for paid listeners – Think of this as a space to step closer into the visible women world, to hear chats between me, Patricia, and my producer, Hannah, extended interviews we know you'll want to hear more of, and contributions from you, my dear generic female pals. Everyone's getting this one, for now. But from next week, it's only for paying subscribers on Tortoise Plus on Apple Podcasts, or for Tortoise members. So to this week's episode, which was on PPE, and I asked you to get in touch with your PPE stories, the nightmarish, the infuriating, the downright inexplicable, and I got some amazing stuff through. Here's Ellie Willoughby from Canada. I'm a marine geophysicist. I had to take basic offshore survival for my job. I was informed that at five foot four inches, which is the average height for a woman, I fit the extra small survival suit and that I should always check because they aren't always available on all research vessels. This puts all short people, which skews female, any woman who's average or below or any other person who is below that height at risk. I got in the studio with data journalist Patricia and producer Hannah to talk this through. I think what worries me about that is that the word survival is in there. Like that makes it sound really important. <laughs> yeah. It is. And and also that she should always check like it's yeah. her responsibility rather than her employer to make sure that they are providing the PPE that is required. And by the way, it is actually required by law for your employer to provide you with PPE that works for you, Mm. that protects you. I mean, obviously, as we know, this means a lot of employers are not uh, obeying that law, at least to the spirit in which it was intended, presumably. But yeah, anyway, this was just crazy. So I went back and asked her just to explain in a bit more detail. So she got back to us with a link to the product. It does, does look rather large. And so she said this, they're sometimes called immersion suits. They are used in case you have to abandon ship. So it's literally to save your life. Chances of survival and how long a person can survive in the water are directly tied to whether their suit is snug. If not, they leak. All suits are likely to get some small amount of water inside, but if they fill with water, you'll be colder and less buoyant, which both lower your chances of survival. So basically by giving women suits that are too big for them, they're condemning them to die. 
God, in the event as if it's not scary enough having to abandon ship right in like the middle right. of the North Sea or wherever they are. And she says that they sometimes do drills and like they can even make the drills. She says miserable and riskier, you know. So like you're doing these drills which are supposedly a practice run to ensure that you're safe and the drill itself could be putting you at risk because the suit is too big. It's incredible. I can't believe that they signed that off. They're I just mean, like, oh, look at these drills can you, can where really these women are suffering. I mean, I, well, I can. <laughs> <laughs> After we've made this episode. <laughs> I, I can, but I don't want to. I know. And I also know, she talks so about shocking. short people. But actually, the, you know, the average type for a woman is 5'4". Right, right. She's not sure. Extra small should not be the size. There needs to be smaller sizes to account for women who are slightly shorter than average. Yeah, and advertised. <laughs> and advertised. Yeah, but I mean, there is also, you know, it's not actually just a gender bias. It seems like it's also an ethnicity bias, right? Because there are certain ethnicities who will be smaller and shorter, and they're just assuming, as ever, that the average white man is the average human. I actually Googled offshore survival suits as well. And one of the results I found was a brochure with all lovely offshore survival suit options. Which you Um, were tempted definitely to wear to your next wedding. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to turn up as a guest in an offshore survival suit. But of course, all the people in this brochure, which is about, you know, 20 pages and had quite a lot of different options, they were all men. Yeah. It's just not great, is it? It's not great. It's not great. Do we know what the gender breakdown is of marine geophysicists? Do we know if it's mostly men or or if there are women working in it? Yeah, no, actually, when it comes to the sciences, certainly in the early stages of careers, it's fairly gender equal. So I was looking at figures and depending on the specialism, it was like 45% female, sometimes 51% female. Mm. So it's not actually that male dominated. It is once you get up to sort of the top levels, but that's obviously the case in pretty much every profession. And (laughs) you have to wonder, is it maybe because the PPE doesn't fit them? (laughs) And they're like, this is maybe not the profession for me. You know, what impact does that have? And I wonder at what point... Ellie has to ask, is there PPE on this vessel for Mm. me? And is it the case that if there's no PPE for her, she doesn't get on the research vessel? Right, right. And then how does that Mm. impact her career? Because you have to do research. Like if you're an academic, you have to be able to produce research. It's like what publish or die or whatever it's called. That's how you bring in money to your, your university. And that's why your university keeps you employed. So if you can't get on the vessel, you can't do your research, you can't publish you don't reach the higher levels of your profession. Mm. Or you get on the vessel knowing that there's not a suit right. that will fit you. Yeah. 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 You know, like the doctors, the female medics in the pandemic going into the COVID wards knowingly wearing PPE that wasn't protecting them because what else were they going to do? There was no other option other than just not do my job. Mm. But yeah, listening to Ellie reminded me that I'd actually been contacted by a maritime researcher (laughs) uh, a couple of years ago called Helen Devereux. And she actually used to be a deck officer on deep sea tankers. And, you know, she had a problem with boots. But she said, you know, like we were saying about it's, it's actually not just women. There's also a sort of white bias as well. She was saying male Filipino seafarers also tended to take smaller shoe sizes 
but the default sizes available on board tended to be based on the averages in the northern European countries where the ship owner was based. It could take six weeks, six weeks, for the right size of boot to be sent to the vessel, which is a long time to have crew safety compromised by poorly fitting equipment. And although many others could tell a similar story, the issue tends to get put to one side when you're busy getting on with your work at sea. Basically, what she did was she decided as a researcher, she wanted to look into this more systematically. So she sent a survey out to seafarers and they got some pretty shocking responses. So they heard from people who work on cruise vessels, ferries, tankers, container ships, offshore support vessels. And the question was asked about whether they had experienced any problems with their PPE. And quite a lot of them had. Over one third said they had experienced problems during their most recent tour. This That's rose, women and men. This is women and men. This number rose to 73% when asked if they'd experienced problems with PPE during their entire employment at sea. When that data was sex disaggregated, the figure went up to 94%. So 94% Whoa. of women said they had experienced problems with PPE during their employment at sea. That's massive. Yeah. And what number was that for the men then? Well, so this is very interesting. They don't say in that specific section, but later on, they asked the question, do you think there are any problems with PPE which are related to your gender? 82% of women said yes, which is interesting because 94% of them experienced problems. Anyway, 82% said yes. Only 1% (laughs) of men did. So yeah, you know, reading this report makes it very clear that Ellie is not an outlier. It's just so frustrating. Like every time I look into this, in every single industry I I look at, you come back to the fact that the employers just don't really care. Mm. So there's just a line from a female seafarer saying that being one of a handful of females in the fleet, the company don't deem it cost effective to supply limited female PPE. And I know I've said this before, but it is a legal requirement. If you're going to hire women, you're going to have to buy protective equipment to protect them. Um, she's saying she's one of a handful, but we know that it happens in industries where it's 50-50. We know it happens in industries right. that are female dominated. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Very good point. So it's not, it's not what it is. Yeah. <laughs> It's not it's not that. You know, and as we discussed, perhaps for like the actual crew, yes, that is more male dominated. And who can say whether it's the fact that they don't create um, a safe working environment for women, that there are so few women. But also other people who go to sea, like scientists, actually, it's not very male dominated. Mm. So that argument doesn't work on a number of levels. Yeah. And I imagine it's, you know, even at the manufacturer level, I'm sure that there are manufacturers that produce PPE across different disciplines. Mm. And if they sorted it out, then that yeah. would improve everything. But as yeah. we saw in our episode, it's, yeah. there's not much desire to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be at the manufacturer level. It could be at the procurement level. It could be at the standards level. Wee-oo, Um, So we also heard from Genevieve, who got in touch to tell us about her supervisor's experience. So her supervisor works in chemical engineering. And (laughs) sorry, it's just such a ridiculous story. When she first started doing field work, 
she was provided with a pair of safety boots with heels. Oh, lovely. That's very thoughtful, isn't it? Right. You know, I sort of feel, (laughs) well, they're trying. (laughs) So this is, you know, you've got to climb on ladders, walk on uneven surfaces. Um, It's what the women want. It's it's, uh, Well, that's true. You're right. You're right. If women are choosing to wear safety boots with heels, who are we to stop them? (laughs) Anyway, I thought that was hilarious. She also says when she, she got her pair of safety boots, she was pleased to report that they did fit but less pleased to report that they were pink. Again, it's what the women want. Well, now look, I actually really like pink if it's hot pink. However, it does feel like women should be allowed access to the whole spectrum of colours. If hot pink isn't an option alongside, you know, black, then fine. (laughs) Yeah, and and, um, neon yellow, which I also like. Um, So that was Genevieve. And I also just wanted to mention this thing that I came across yesterday on Twitter, which just made me laugh so much. And it is an armoured bra from World War Two. You know, and again, it's nice. Like, they're trying. (laughs) They're definitely thinking about women. So it's called the safety bra. That's spelt S-A-F hyphen T hyphen bra. And it was designed by a Pennsylvania safety equipment firm. And basically because women were taking over these jobs that men had traditionally done while the men were fighting. So women were in shipyards, in factories and on the railroad. And obviously they needed to have their delicate boobies protected (laughs) um, from this heavy manual labor. And so they designed a plastic bra and there's this amazing picture of this woman <laughs> wearing a her overalls, which actually look like they may have been designed for men because they are enormous on her. And she's opening up her chest to reveal these like big plastic cups on her chest. Oh, wow. Yeah, Incredible. they look like just sort of cereal bowls. I wonder how <laughs> I wonder how um, many different shapes and sizes right, they did. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking. Are you like a thirty-two C in my safety bra? <laughs> yeah, like that would be definitely too big for a number of women. However, I suspect it might actually be too small for me. Mm. So, like, was there were they using like a default female yeah. <laughs> bra size? I suppose the thing that doesn't quite make sense to me is why do you need an armored bra? <laughs> If you don't need armour on the rest of your body, this woman isn't wearing armour anywhere else. It's just the boobs. It's not yeah. like there's male armour and now they've made female armour yeah. with an armoured bra. Yeah. Like, I, it's just she's it's wearing just overalls and an armoured bra. <laughs> it's very interesting, isn't it? I mean, I think I can only assume that it's like a kind of men being having their minds blown by women doing manual labour and being like, but what about... They're wonderful boobs. We must protect them. (laughs) Yeah. What on earth should we do about the boobs? (laughs) I really love her face in this picture. She's opening and showing the bra and she sort of looks... She's she's sort of pursing her lips. She looks a bit like, yes, this isn't very dignified. (laughs) Yeah. And I know, I know this is pointless, but this is my job to model this. Slight disgust, I would say. describes that face perfectly. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Next week's episode of Visible Women is on playgrounds. And I can promise, a bit like hanging upside down on the monkey bars, it's fun and will change how you see the world of play. 
Just a reminder that from next week, these bonus episodes will only be available for subscribers on Tortoise Plus on Apple Podcasts or for Tortoise members. Go to tortoisemedia.com slash Caroline and use the code Caroline50 to get a year's membership for £50. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.